2: Oh, hello, it is Bowerly, News Radio, 930, WBEN. Uh, we're going to get into this whole electric thing, gas thing, uh, coming up in just a little bit on WBEN, but right now what we're talking about is the uh, situation with the towing uh, that took place after the blizzard so the streets could be plowed. And did you get towed? Did you have to pay? And Brian Culpa, the Amherst supervisor, says he cannot stick taxpayers with a... Forty to $50,000 bill for towing private vehicles that were out during a driving ban. Now, I agree with Brian to a point, and I don't usually. Where I disagree with him is, how can you possibly equate essential workers needed to keep everything running with people who just went to the store for cigarettes? How do you, there is no comparison there. Um, people need to work in group homes. And if you run a group home, state or no state, you can't tell me that you've got enough people working. You can't tell me that it's not like pulling teeth to even get people to come in for a job interview. So you got to treat your people. If you're an employer, let me tell you something. You got to treat your people well because I've never seen a time in America where workers are more likely to say, Up yours and leave. And then where are you? You got to. You you got to you got to treat your people well, man. You got to. Or <clears throat> you have to would be the proper English. 8030930 star 930 hundred six one six 616 WBEN. so uh, essential workers, I don't think if I were a supervisor, I don't think I could see it to charge those people. People who were just driving around, I don't know who they'd be. Maybe they were clueless as to what was going on. Maybe they were out to sightsee but I don't feel a lot of sympathy for their financial plight. If they got hurt or if they died, obviously I feel bad. I'm a human being like you are. Here's Jay in Tonawanda. You're on WBEN. Hello. Hey, Tom. So here's my take on things. I think
3: the state maybe should, the taxpayers should, um, cover the tow bills in this instance. And it's a complete change of heart from what I was originally thinking, but we live in an area with a lot of lower income people. Um, this storm hit at a you know, Christmas holiday and what is a payday for a lot of people. So, cause I'm the guy that's like, if you don't have a week for the food in your house or two weeks or a month, like what's wrong with you. But then you start thinking maybe people were waiting for Thursday or Friday to go do their shopping, get their food, get their stuff. And then the storm hits and everybody runs out last minute trying to, you know, fill the fridge, whatever they're doing. But, yeah, that's my
2: thought. Well, it, it is an interesting thought, but I would counter that thought by saying that, uh, I mean, we can look this up, but I believe that, well, the storm definitely hit on Friday. And I'm sure that Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we had Andy Parker on from 2 until 3 every day telling us that things were going to be horrible. So, no, for sure. But I mean, that, people who that are, are low family. income are not necessarily low intelligence, and people who are low income can certainly afford an AM radio.
3: Oh no, that's that's for sure. I can't disagree with that at all. But if you're that family that maybe you on Wednesday you had six dollars in your bank account waiting for your paycheck to go in, you know what I'm saying? But but you know, e- if you,
2: if- even so, with with all respect. Um, I think that common sense would say, what is more important, making sure that so-and-so gets a gift or making sure that I'm still around to take care of them after this storm hits? They're going to have to understand extenuating circumstances. No, no, that's that's for sure. I mean, what about the food? Uh, No. Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, no, I mean, look, the food, man, brother, I, I hear you on I mean, the food.
3: I take it for, take it for granted because it's just, you know, but I know there's a lot of families that might not have that.
2: And, and you know what? I, I take it for granted as well. And you can only hope. See, generally around the holidays, don't you stock up a little bit more on food and beverages just in case you get companies stopping by? or
3: More than we should ever have.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but again, you know I, I talked earlier about the different subjective prisms through which we view life you are at a certain income level you can afford to have a week or more uh, of food in your house you know the pastas the stuff that isn't going to spoil um i can afford you know that as well somebody well, who is I low income
3: that everyone else can like well, you know
2: it's- it, well exactly it was somebody who who is low income um, I, I I don't know. You know what? I I don't know what to say. It Was also the end of the month. Uh, at, you know, basically December twenty third is when it hit. Uh, there may very well have been people without money, but you know, again, people who are low income are not necessarily low intelligence by any means. And if if you knew that this crippling blizzard was coming, certainly you'd have friends that you might have said, "Can you spare a box of pasta?" Can you spare maybe some elbow macaroni, a box of cereal, and, and at least had some staples ready? I mean, I, I hope I'm not sounding—I I hope I'm not sounding like I'm living in uh, some kind of an elite bubble, but I, I don't think that that's—I don't think that that's the case. No, not at all. Completely reasonable. So, as far as the towing situation. What do you what do you do about towing? Your supervisor of Amherst or Tonawanda or Orchard Park? Do you make people pay, or do you say, "Look, this storm was extraordinary, and uh, we're going to cut you some slack"? So, are you the
3: time it would take? It, you'd have to either have to make everyone like take as a whole. Like you couldn't separate. You know, you were essential. You were this or that. It would take I think far too much time to sort it all out. So. Yeah, I, I don't. You either just eat it or everybody pays. I don't.
2: Yeah, I mean, you talk about low income people um, $300 or so to have your car towed. That is a heavy hit.
3: It's a big hit, for
2: sure. I mean, for some of our people listening, that's five <laughs> minutes at a casino. Uh, for other people, no, I mean, for other people, it's a week's worth a week of work.
3: Week's income. But, but the state received federal. Fund or is going to see receive federal funding because of the state of emergency, correct?
2: Yes, but it doesn't cover everything. It, it, does, not, it, it does not cover everything. It's, it's very specific as to what it covers. It depends on the nature of the declaration. Uh, Kathy Hochul should have gone to Joe Biden and requested the kind of declaration that allows businesses, for example, to receive no or low interest loans to uh, repair damages that were done or things that were destroyed during the blizzard. But that's not the kind of declaration for which she asked.
3: Well, she's far too busy with uh, other things.
2: Well, I mean, look, I I, I want to keep I want to keep politics out of this. I no, mean, I I, I'll tell you, look, one, one of the areas where Kathy Hochul or any governor of New York State was in an unwinnable situation in this storm was the interstate system. OK, uh, oh, the sure. 90, the 990, the 290, the 190, because my first thought after the last storm is why don't we why don't we take four-wheelers and get them off the road, and let's leave the a thru- throughway uh, open for the 18-wheelers so we can keep our supply chain going and keep people fed here in western New York? But the fact of the matter is, as you will easily remember, it was impossible, impossible for people to drive anywhere. And you know what? No, you've— as bad as it was to be sidetracked on a side street or a secondary street, it would have been worse in the middle of Pembroke and Batavia.
3: No, for sure. With, with those winds and those fields out that way, it would have been a, an absolute mess. So I, I don't disagree with the, the closure of the, the threeways at all.
2: Yeah, and, and it's it's no win. It's no win. Because, see, if I had my way, it would have been open for the truckers. But I can now see that that wouldn't have been a prudent decision given those conditions because all it takes is one trucker, probably from Quebec, who misjudges a situation, ends up blocking the whole throughway, and then the emergency workers, the troopers, the EMTs, they've got to risk their lives to go out and cut somebody out of an overturned rig. Right. Because it, it could, wouldn't just it be a simple extrication. Thing, right? It's always Murphy's Law. Right. Uh, thank you, Jay. I, I appreciate the phone call. I truly do. Thank you. Thank now, you. I mean, uh, you know, when we think about what we uh, learned from the blizzard, one of the themes that I've heard over and over again from you guys, um, it, it's very valid. You know what? Even if you are low income, try to buy an extra box of pasta every week for a few weeks. Um, try to buy some canned soup. Buy one or two extra canned soups every week and put them away in your disaster closet. And I told you before, my grandparents were uh, young people during the Great Depression, 1929, and years thereafter, and you would go into their basement in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, and I swear they had enough canned food to get them by six months, easily six months. And even if you're low income you know what you can start to build a little non-perishable emergency box and just do it a little bit at a time and i hope that your income situation gets better i really do um you just you got to make your life happen for yourself and unfortunately not everybody can get rich making money off selling foot fetish videos on just fans i mean my site makes a pretty good amount of money but it is Bowerly, and it is Wednesday, as the Germans say, Mitvok. Um, it's such a romance language. So we have Josh Schmidt in the next room. Uh, he's at Master Control. And we have uh, Joe Cali. Where's Joe Cali? Stand up, take a bow. Hi, Joe. You've got a beautiful head of hair, Joe. I just want you to know I could grow it longer and thicker, but I decided to go short after watching, yeah, after watching Tom Hardy in Legend. True story. Uh, didn't realize I have a cowlick in the back. It's really annoying because it was so long before it would just be. It was a wave. Now it's a cowlick. My alfalfa and uh, Dan Dale, Dan Dale, double D, double danger, Dan Dale in the next room. Dan is the guy who um, was actually brought up by the family of wolves uh, in Allegheny County. We made reference to that yesterday. And until uh, Josh gave him the surname, he was simply Dan. We're not quite sure. Well, we knew something was a little amiss when we saw like paw prints leading into the station. Uh, But you know, Dan has learned the ways of the wolf. It is his spirit animal. And uh, hey, Romulus and Remus founded Rome, allegedly. So who knows, Dan? You might go on to found a fine city, possibly call it Enugu or Utopia or someplace. All right. Anyway, <clears throat> those of you who are Netflix fans, get the reference. And if you're not, don't worry about it. It's stupid. Uh, 23 minutes after 4 at uh, News Radio 930 WBEN. It is Bowerly. Okay. I want to switch topics. Not that I don't like the topic we've been doing. I I like that a lot. But I I need some help. Yes, I know for some of you that's been apparent for quite some time. But I I need help uh, of a different kind because I'm trying to figure some stuff out, trying to sort my way through something because we keep hearing about how we don't have enough electricity. It was so bad, our electricity deficit so bad, that they were even thinking about putting wind turbines in Lake Erie. And the stupidity of that idea was shown for exactly what it is during the blizzard of 2022. You think those towers, some of them wouldn't have been at risk of toppling over between the wind and the ice? Let me tell you something. Those of you who were in the merchant marine back in the day, those of you who made a career at sea, either the Great Lakes boats or the transoceanics, you know darn well. If the top side of your boat and the superstructure gets coated with ice, it throws the entire balance of the vessel off. And if you don't chip away at that, you can find yourself turning turtle in a big hurry. Happened to a lot of our merchant marine vessels in the Second World War that were going to the Soviet ports of Murmansk and uh, Archangel. Uh, We literally lost men and materiel Because vessels lost their center of balance because they got coated with ice and they became ungovernable, unmanageable, unsteerable, unbalanceable, no matter what you did with the ballast, and we lost a lot of people. So the Great Lakes wind turbine idea, seriously, looking at that storm with the wind and what would have happened to the structural integrity of those things— Forget about it. And how many blades would have been blown off into Lake Erie? So that idea looks like it's on the back burner for now. We're actually going to have a conversation about that uh, with uh, Jim Hanley from Cautile, Citizens Against Wind Turbines in Lake Erie, uh, just to give us a brief update. He's not going to be on for a long time, but a brief update. But there's uh, there's an electricity deficit. So here's what I don't understand especially in New York State, but it could be across the entire country, given this administration. But if we already don't have enough electricity to meet our needs, even in the summertime in western New York, we've got Niagara Falls just up the road a piece from here. We are told, hey, don't overdo the air conditioning Uh, in the summertime, because we don't want to have blackouts. We don't want to have to impose rolling blackouts on anybody. You remember those days, 95 degrees in the summertime, everybody's got the A.C. cranked, and we get the announcement, hey, we're just asking you, don't crank the A.C. too much, not enough power. So if we don't have enough power for right now, can anybody explain to me How we're going to have enough electricity when every appliance in your home, including your furnace, is going to be electric-based and they want to do away with natural gas? I mean, some places have done away with new natural gas hookups for heating already, and I don't understand. They're telling us we're going to have to buy cars that we have to use electric to charge. We're going to have to buy appliances that you're going to need electric to operate. How did that work for you during the blizzard of 22 when you were out of power for four, five days, maybe longer? How many of you are alive today because you had a natural gas fireplace? The power had gone out in my home, and I had actually been home during the blizzard that gas fireplace would have been my salvation. I'd have been camped out right in front of those fake flames. Well, it's a real flame, just fake logs. But I, I I think that we're heading into a disaster. We're like, no, we're like the guys in the perfect storm, except unlike the guys in that movie, we should be very easily forecasting what's going to happen. What's going to happen is, if we already don't have enough electricity, how in the hell is getting rid of natural gas going to help us? It makes no sense to me. And, by the way, how does your electric vehicle work during the storm? I happen to think hybrid is a great idea. Haven't really found one that I like yet, but there's always a chance. But I could not justify an electric vehicle, if I have one car, I can't justify an EV in western New York. I don't know how you did with yours. I know the Taycan is pretty fast, <laughs> but I wouldn't want it as the only car. All right, uh, coming up, we are going to talk to Jim Hanley, but I want your telephone calls as we move along. How concerned are you about this push toward electricity? And by the way, how do we create electricity? What, what, what is the primary way in which we generate electricity in this country? Isn't it the C word? On uh, News Radio 930. No, not that one, the other one. News Radio 930 WBEN. T Mobile
0: has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus ATT and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T Mobile store today.
1: It's
2: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. medella is your reward. medella the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Oh, great song. You know, I, I wonder what it would sound like. I, I, I just, I wonder what it would sound like if Christopher Cross had been able to jam with Terry Kath. That would have been pretty amazing. Oh, and I'd love to hear Jeff Baxter with Christopher Cross. Christopher Cross is a great guitar player, absolutely phenomenal. Anyway, and he's also like really one of the nicest guys in music. He keeps really uh, close contact with his fans. On, on Facebook and elsewhere. Great guy. Anyway, it's Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. Hey, one of the things that is a great concern to me is this push to electric, electric cars, electric heat for your homes. It's all electric, 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 and yet we don't have enough electric right now to go around. And I'm going to be very brutally honest with you. I don't know an awful lot about how, and where we get electricity. I know we've got that thing in Niagara Falls, and you can visit it. You used to be able to visit it when the Bills had training camp at Niagara University, you know, the big power project, and I see the wind turbines, just like you do, driving along Route 5, but we have a guy here at WBEN who knows more about the electric grid than Thomas Edison, if Thomas Edison were alive today. And he is our 10 to 2 o'clock host and Medal of Honor recipient, David Bellavia. David, I want to thank you very much uh, for joining us and freeing me from the shackles of egregious <clears throat> ignorance.
4: Well, I'm going to have you on to talk about Chris Cross uh, <laughs> when uh, we'll, we'll we'll get that back. But no,
2: that's Christopher no, Cross. Chris Cross is the Jump Guys. So, that's right. That's right. That's so right. David. Okay, let me just start off with with a simple pre- uh, premise, and I want you to explain to people what's going on because you really, in all in all seriousness, dude, you've spent a lot of time studying the electric grid. You've been very big for years on electromagnetic pulse. Um, Are people wrong to be concerned that we already have a shortage of electricity and increased demand is going to overburden the system?
4: No. In fact, this has been forewarned for a very long time, and it's not really having a shortage of electricity. What it is is that the current grid that we have is antiquated and old, and it wasn't designed uh, to do anything but output. And what you're doing right now is you're inputting electricity into a grid that wasn't designed to do that. So for the longest time, you have these energy regulatory committees that sit around a bunch of nerds from the Cold War era, and they all say, look, what can we do differently than we're doing now? And so traditionally, before you had renewables, you needed mechanical energy to make electro- electrical energy. That's what you needed. And that was done with heat. And heat moved turbines, and turbines created electricity. And so this, this grid, which they say there's three grids in the United States. You could argue there's five. But think eastern United States, western United States, and Texas being so bolden and you know, stubborn. They have their own grid, right? They have their own electric grid. Of course. Of course, right? So, so when you look at those grids, the, the biggest problem is those Rocky Mountains, And the the Rocky Mountains, it's so tough to get transmission lines through them. Something could happen. You need a helicopter. uh, You're going up, you know, high elevation to fix all that. So these transformers that we see when we pass by Niagara Falls in our own backyard, Niagara Falls is something you're not going to ever see again because that is a hydropower electric generating machine. And because of Tesla and his genius, as we, if, as long as we we'll don't run out of gravity, we're not going to ever lose electricity with Niagara Falls. That's an analog system. There's nothing digital about Niagara Falls. But because it's hydropower, the way that you create hydropower is to either build a dam, which environmentalists have made 100% illegal, or you find a waterfalls at, at a power supply like you have in the Niagara River. So hydropower is gone. They're never gonna be a new hydropower plant in North America or the Western civilization. They the environmentalists have killed it. So traditionally it was coal and it was it was fossil fuels. And then in the fifties they said we need to harness nuclear power. It's clean, it's reliable, it's effective. So when the government looks at what's wrong with the grid, they're thinking of worst case scenario. We lose our power, something shuts down, we get hacked. And the best thing to do, it's called a black start. You lose everything in your home. You're completely out of power. You've got to start an American city from nothing. There are two ways to do that in the United States. One is to bring an aircraft carrier into a dock and plug an aircraft carrier into a city. It sounds ridiculous, but that's what they do. It's got
2: to be one shallow draft aircraft carrier.
4: Seriously, <laughs> they they plug in a, a nuclear generator from uh, a submarine or an aircraft carrier into a dock. And the other thing is Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls can black start anything on the eastern seaboard. That is the jewel in the entire power grid, what Niagara Falls is able to do. And it's right in our backyard. If you decide that you want to push all these renewables and and you know, Solar power, everything. It doesn't have enough yield to sustain the grid. And if it goes down, we have what's called cascading failures. Mm-hmm. Think of it like dominoes. You lose Buffalo, you lose Syracuse. When that little chipmunk ran uh, during the ice storm and killed uh, Ontario to Ohio to New York, th- those were cascading failures. One city goes down, the next village, town, everything goes in a domino. Right. And you have to restart every single one. Mm. Green, renewable energy does not have enough yield to, to black start anything. And that's a huge, huge problem.
2: David Bellavia. Our 10 to 2 host is with us on News Radio 930 WBEN. A lot of you guys might not know this, but David is pretty much an expert on the country's electrical grid, and he spent a lot of time with electromagnetic pulse issues and knows an awful lot about this. So I'm picking his brain for all of us. I'm doing this for humanity on News Radio 930 WBEN. David, as things stand right now, what generates the most electricity? Where does most of our electricity in the United States come from? Is it coal? Is it old hydro? Um, no, it's not nuclear. What is it?
4: It's coal. It still is coal. They're trying to get away from coal. That, that project is about eight years into a 20-year plan. Uh, now, 15 years ago, it was 85% coal. Now it's, uh, they're about 30% into their projection of eliminating coal. Uh, Then it goes to petroleum. Time out,
2: time out. Does that mean that 70% of our electricity right now is still produced by coal? I think
4: it's 65 right now.
2: Okay, 65%. All right, go ahead.
4: But that was much higher uh, 15 years ago. Uh, And then, of course, you go to fossil fuels and you have nuclear power. And the problem really with the the nuke stuff is that, you know, everyone – China has been going into countries, uh, especially in Africa, South America, and India – and rebuilding their power grid, and you know it's like this: we don't test our nuclear capabilities anymore because of New Start and the Salt treaties and all the different things. But what you're finding is that the countries that are, are testing their capabilities for offensive weapons, when it comes to nuclear energy, they're actually more advanced than we are because we're not testing and we're not uh, updating, and so. So Africa actually has a more reliable and updated power grid in India and Africa than we do. And it makes no sense. And the amount of money that we've put into just patching together, think of it like, you know, you've got a, a, a 110 outlet in your home and you just put a bunch of extension cords into it. That's what we continue to do with this power grid instead of just rolling up our sleeves and making sense of the power grid. The Rocky Mountains are a huge impediment to trying to connect The Western United States with, with, with the Midwest, it makes no sense. You've got to have an isolated power grid on the West coast. And we currently uh, it's, you don't want to interconnect it. So the easiest way to do it, to make sense economically and to keep it safe is to put it online. And this is where we run into all of our problems. Like what happened this morning with the FAA, you put that thing online and let it adjust. So when, san francisco has a problem with their air conditioning you don't have brownouts in in los angeles utah doesn't affect reno reno doesn't affect seattle it's all online but as soon as you put it online you save money you increase reliability but then you open it up to a 14 year old or to an adversarial state who can hack it and as soon as you put your power grid on online it's going to be hacked by the enemy and we're in a pretty tough situation to keep it safe um,
2: very interesting. So there's a bunch of no-win scenarios with which you have presented us. Um, David, I'm very grateful to you. I'm going to keep you on until like after the traffic because you, as I've said, not to blow smoke, but you know more about the electrical grid and can explain it more clearly than anybody I've ever heard. So David Bellavia is with us on the uh, news. <laughs> I, I listened to the intro. It cracks me up. Every day. David Bellavia is moH is with us on news radio 930 WBE and I'll do it the British way if it was the UK I'd say you know a VC but I'll say MOH Medal of Honor David Bellavia our 10 to two host is with us on WBEN explaining the whole power grid so David um, we keep on hearing about uh, the importance of solar and the importance of wind turbines. They wanted to plunk some down into Lake Erie, which apparently isn't going to happen. So given the decreasing reliance on coal, uh, the fact that we're not going to go nuclear, um, what options do we have to make up for what coal used to do, and how feasible are those options in terms of meeting what will be
4: extraordinary
2: demands for electricity?
4: Well, first of all, the biggest problem is that we have our power, the agencies that run our power companies are calling the shots. And if you want to track the money, you always say, follow the money. Follow the money on that one because they're controlling all of these votes because, quite frankly, they're the ones that have to invest their money. And, you know, if you look at it from their point of view, why do I want to put billions of dollars of my profits into something that you're just going to tax me on? So it came down to a fundamental question right after 9-11 who owns the power lines? Who owns electricity? Does the government own it or does your power company own it? And they had this big, long debate and basically decided, you know what, we'll just give it over to the Department of Transportation. So the Department of Transportation is running the power grid, which makes no sense whatsoever because they've got the lines, energy is running the energy part. If you want a world of windmills, And solar power. The only way to make it sustainable is to island it off the grid, meaning that Grand Island, Amherst, Williamsville, each of them have their own grid. They sustain power in their village and their town. They can have as many windmills as they want. And when they go down, they go to another village to black start them up. Mm. But you cannot all have that feeding into one power grid, because just like your circuit breaker, you plug in a washing machine into a 110, it's going to blow the breaker. And that's what's happening all across the United States with our power grid.
2: Man, it makes you wonder who's been minding the store all these years. I mean, what you say about China going into India and these, it's just, it, it's mind-boggling. And, uh, David, just, uh, again, I, I'm going to steal one of your expressions. The 35,000-foot view, it's a great expression. What is going to happen when, oh, you can't get natural gas hooked up to heat your home, can't get it for a fireplace, can't get natural gas appliances. Oh, yeah, by the way, you got to plug in your car, too. At what point do we hit disaster?
4: Well, I was hoping it was with 40 dead people in Buffalo, New York, after a blizzard. I mean, that's just unthinkable. I mean, there has to be... Uh, some attention paid to to that loss of life. I mean, this is real. What we're talking about—people's lives at stake with cold snaps. Dallas, Texas, dealt with this a couple of years back. It's real. You can't depend on uh, on windmills. How many times do you drive the Southern Tier and see those things not even moving? It's Be- 60 mile an hour winds. It's not moving. It's like what's happening <laughs> it's here? Too it's too windy. It's too windy. So, so the reality is. That our military bases, which we, every Department of Homeland Security model of when things go sideways, we need our military bases to bail out the civilian infrastructure. They are all dependent on the civilian power grid. That is a no-go at every station. Our military bases must be independent. There's a plan on the book since 2005 called the Spider System, which basically morphs off from military bases. Each base has a nuclear power plant. Each one sustains itself. And if your local town goes dark, you plug into the local military base. But our bases have to run if we lose our power grid. And right now, you want to take out the American military, you take out the power grid, and you kill everything. You kill electricity, digital, online, all communications, and our military is stuck in their base. It's absolutely unacceptable.
2: No, this and and it it looks like we're we're in a canoe and we're about a mile away from Niagara Falls and nobody's saying, hey, you're past the deadline here.
4: That's right. And the 21 transmission lines that come out of Niagara Falls, uh, they go right to Duke Energy in in North Carolina. Duke Energy had a problem. That's what's going to hook up everything south of North Carolina. Niagara Falls can restart a, a power project. We have to get serious about nuclear power, yep. and we have to realize that it's clean, it's reliable, and there's been no major accidents in, you know, for 30 years, and that happened in Russia.
2: Uh quick question for you. A few years ago, superconductivity was in the news an awful lot, because we lose electricity between where it's generated and where it is received, so superconductors were supposed to eliminate the drip factor. Um, where are we with superconductivity, and would that even help?
4: We've had some incredible, uh, in just in the last three weeks, we've had what I consider to be Nobel Prize winning uh, discoveries with our Department of Energy. Uh, and uh, the problem is, is that it's, it's like, uh, think of the Manhattan Project, but 15 years before, you know, they actually uh, came up with a way to weaponize it. That's where we're at. We're, we're looking at 10 years before we can actually take these discoveries and implement them into something that we can commercialize and use for sustainability. But it's still incredible. And it's still uh, miraculous. The problem is, we have things right now that we've done nothing with, and then we're trying to hope for a meteor to come to the, you know, to Earth, and it's going to give us a better alternative. You can make all the electricity you want with a windmill. How do you store it? How do you store renewable energy? I think you, you just made a,
2: a. I think you just made a don't look up reference, and um, I, I'm not pleased.
4: I'm just saying that, that if you if you want to have all the windmills and and solar panels in the world. You've got, to, you've got to store that power. And if you can't store that electricity, what are we doing with it? Tesla's got power walls and batteries and all these other things. Yep. But the reality is we already have it. We're trying to reinvent the wheel. It's nuclear power. That's the solution.
2: Uh David, I I could talk to you for hours about this, and I I really am grateful for the time today. You've already given four hours to the radio station, but here you are on on your own time. And I hope we can talk about this more um, in the future on your show and uh, also on my show, because seriously, dude, you you are the real deal as far as knowledge of the electrical grid, and thank you very much for sharing it with us.
4: Thank you for sharing, Christopher Cross, and your talent with us. I appreciate that. (laughs)
2: Get out of here,
4: David Bellavia, our
2: ten to two host on News Radio nine thirty WB. And I hope you guys found that as enlightening as I did. Now, coming up, I, I want to take your calls on all this, but I think it's important that we 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 get some baseline information. And right after the news, at about five oh seven, Jim, we're going to be talking with Jim Hanley with an update on the. Uh, uh, power turbines in Lake Erie that aren't going to happen and we're also going to be talking with a doctor quickly about does natural gas really cause asthma for your kids so hold on news radio 930 wben there's a lot of ground to cover and we're going to try
1: <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com we make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact